0: Today's guest is Dr. Rachel Headley, and this is the Talented Human Podcast. Gary Vee tweeted on Twitter saying, hey, I really need help on you they end up offering me a job to work as a YouTube analyst on Team Gary or in control of you. What you learned really is not Focusing on reflection for the past couple of years, it's really incredible because you're able to I'm see that. You have to know, know what you want, though. For me, I was going to go because I was just One very different. to the past right now is because I was like, I don't, don't need universities
1: anymore. I totally believe do it. it. Are you, you interested that. in it? Are you passionate about it? Are you excited about it? Have you explored yourself enough to know? Is entrepreneurship something you're cut out for?
0: So today we're talking to Dr. Rachel Headley, She is the CEO of the Rose Group International. Uh, she is a keynote speaker. She is a tech talk giver, which are the coolest talks ever. Um, <laughs> and she is, um, you know, a human being with a talent and uh, and a PhD and and a family and a life. And she lives in one of the most underrated areas of the United States, which are the Dakota. She's in South Dakota. She's joining us from there. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jay. It's great to be here. Yeah, no, I'm so happy that we get to to have this uh this conversation today because um like I was telling you before you know when we're kind of getting acclimated into into the show um I've I've shifted a little bit of focus uh for this season on the conversations to talk to you know the people that have you know gone through and and give value to to our, listener, our listeners and you know season one we we focus on the in the young um up and coming entrepreneurs and and people who are creating and doing amazing things you know uh to create a life that they want um so now let's talk a little bit with the people that have done that and uh you have uh you're an entrepreneur yourself um you're running a business you have a family you you get to travel you have you know um and 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 at the same time, you know, you've you've gone through. Um, I'm pretty sure some successes and some failures and some like moments of like, God, I gotta pull my hair like to the <laughs> sides and like scream a little bit and grab three yeah. bottles of wine and then, like think about it next day.
1: Yeah, lots of wine.
0: Yeah, <laughs> lots of wine. Yes, uh, <laughs> which is not a bad thing.
1: <laughs> oh no, it's well, it's a coping mechanism
0: for sure. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we should dive into that.
1: Right. Yeah, that's a whole different show. That's a different
0: yeah. show. Yes. Yeah. Um, Sometimes
1: it's in celebration. It's not always um, to cope.
0: So. Absolutely. So let's um, let's get started. Let's uh, let's talk. Uh, let's tell our audience a little bit about you and, and, and what you actually do and how you got to where you are today. Well, that could be a really,
1: really long story. So I will try to hit the high points knowing who your audience is. Uh, but I never planned on being an entrepreneur, I guess, is the one place to start. So I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening that are like, well, I'm not really sure this whole entrepreneur thing is what I'm about. And frankly, even now, after I've been doing it for six years or so, after having a career um, in aerospace, um you know I'm still not really comfortable with the with the title because in a lot of ways, entrepreneurship tends to be about struggle. It tends to be about you know eating ramen and um, not having any money and living out of your car when you know when things go bad and and that is just not and and frankly wasting money. so on the other end, if you're a, if you happen to get lucky and get a bunch of investment. There's a lot of waste and, um, you know, you hear about all these companies spending all their investment money on fancy cars and and golf clubs and all that stuff. So um, I'm not really that comfortable with that title even today, because for me, I had took a long time to meet entrepreneurs I really respected and liked. So uh, I just want to reassure people that if you're in kind of in that boat, you get to be the entrepreneur you want. So what we set up for me was I have a daughter. um, I own a beautiful home. Um, I, I, um, have a nice car. I don't have a nice car. Like I'm not driving a Maserati, but I have a new, um, nice car. And you know, that's, it's one of the kind of boundaries I set as an entrepreneur was I have to make a living in a way that uh, fulfills me and doesn't make me crazy. Now it doesn't mean that some financial times were tough. Trust me, we've had those for sure, but we never, ever allowed, um, our quality of living to go down because of it. So I think that's a really, really important thing um, to mention for your, for your listeners. And, and I came out of aerospace, I uh, was, um, at the end of my career, I was the operational science officer of a NASA USGS um, mission called Landsat. And it's, you've all seen the data. It's on every single app that you've ever used for mapping when you turn on the satellite button. Um, there's a lot of aerial photos on there, but um, the base layer is always Landsat data. So um, that was a really exciting part of my the arc of my life. But now I'm the CEO of a consultancy that actually helps people deal with change and embrace change in a way that is productive, thrilling, exciting. Um, and whether that's in a merger and acquisition environment, whether that's a, an entrepreneur group that's trying to build up into a, a bigger company, all of those kinds of major transitions that we all have to go through. Uh, my company um, helps guide and facilitate those transitions. So that's sort of some of the highlights.
0: That's uh, that's very interesting. Um, I, um, I uh, I'm I'm 100 honest with you. I remember seeing on your profile it says uh, you are a official member of Forbes Coach Council, Council, and mm-hmm. I cringe with the word coach. Right. <laughs> yeah yeah (laughs) it's like I'm like uh um but it's um I you know like I see that you know what you do and 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 the things that you're doing are are focused on elevating um not just the person from a leadership perspective and not just the uh you know the the entrepreneur as a you know you know this is how you improve yourself This is how you become better this how it can guide you to be the best entrepreneur that you can be you're more of like Let me let me show you how you can build your business. Let me show you Mm -hmm. where you can do. um, You know, let's guide you through this process. And let me ask you a question. Sure, of course. Aerospace. That is fascinating. I think every kid in the world wanted to or wants to be an astronaut and go to space. Um,
1: I still do. I'm on like I've I've actually applied to be in the NASA astronaut program. Like,
0: yeah, I'm ready to go. You're ready to go. Yeah, my dad. My dad has this like. Fascination with space, and if he could like be on the next, you know, man mission, he would. Um, yeah, I love. It. He's an architect, so he has like no experience on that side of things.
1: <laughs> well, maybe he can design some of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you exactly. Know. Um,
0: and uh, but I, um, you know, I, I remember when we were doing some like state planning, and, and I, I asked him like, you know, where, you know, how do you guys want to handle your know back tough conversations like you know if you guys when you guys pass you know how do you guys want us to handle that and my dad's like well i want my ashes thrown on in, in space nice nice so i had to take out a like separate life insurance policy just like before that
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well you know eventually they all well, he'll burn up in the atmosphere because yeah. the gravity it, but he'll yeah. have his outer space moment so that's yeah cool.
0: he, he he says uh um you know it could be his free fall in, into earth that's right that's yeah. right It'll yeah. be a slow process. It'll be out there a really long time. Yeah, so. exactly. Like, I'll enjoy space, and then I free fall back into Earth, no parachute. Either. That's right. That's right. So uh, it. it's, a, it's a very beautiful philosophy. So um, I asked him the other day, I was like, what happens if, like, a black hole shows up, and I like, swallows you, and then you can't make it back to Earth?
1: Well, the Earth is going to join him there. So we'll like, yeah, be, that was exactly his response. He's
0: like, "I'm pretty sure if it gets close enough <laughs> to where I'm at, oh, we are going in there." So the whole, uh,
1: everyone, all seven and a half billion of us, will join him there.
0: Yeah. So, so he's like, "I'm still gonna make my free fall." <laughs>
1: <laughs> and who knows what's on the other side? That's the greatest exactly. invention.
0: Yeah. That's it's, yeah, and that's where my imagination gets uh, running. How do you um, how do you wind up in in aerospace? Like um, what yeah. what guides you to? To say, okay, this is the field where I want to.
1: Yeah, it was kind of accidental, like a lot of opportunities that you just say, mm, yeah, that's sounds cool. I'm going to do that. So I was in uh, my undergrad was in South Dakota State University, you know, sort of a small state school, and I loved geography and I loved the whether it's mapping. I don't. There's a lot of geography that's focused on human specific, like the yeah. um, how people you know, the, the, how people have migrated over the you know, earth and that kind of stuff. But I really loved how the earth changes um, and how when you look at a forest, is it a forest that's been there for 400 years or a thousand years or two years? And how do you tell the difference and how does that change over the landscape? And I love that side of, of geography called biogeography. So it's kind of a ma- marry between biology and geography. And uh, for people in the U.S., that's a kind of a not really a commonly known field. Uh, Other parts of the world, it's much more recognized. But um, so I got into that, and what I loved about it that that part of it got me into the uh, image interpretation. So in the aerospace side, there's all kinds of things from communication satellites to satellites that take pictures, both of Earth and of outer space, and all the things in between. And uh, and actually, before that, I wanted to be an aerospace engineer, but at that time that industry was really tanking. So what I ended up doing was studying earth science. And then I used the imagery to try to tell the story of change over time and how humans were impacting the earth, good or bad. And, um, so that was my first job right out of college. So I got, had an opportunity to take some classes with people who are non-traditional students. And they're like, uh, you should come work for us. And I'm like, I will. And so I, (laughs) uh, So that's how I started. And then over time, what I found out about myself is that research science is really about being really, really perfect and great, not perfect, I shouldn't say, uh, determined about a very specific area of research and getting really, really good at that. And that is just not who I am. I'm much more chaotic in the sense of the things I like to tackle and new challenges and things I've never thought about before. And so what I found myself doing is I started as an image analyst. Uh, and then a year and a half later, I left and got my master's degree. I got that done. And then I went and worked the United Nations Environmental Program doing um, like that sort of assessment of like a disaster happens in Honduras and <laughs> Hurricane Mitch uh, 99. And then, okay, what changed because of the, the the hurricane? How do we deal with all the money, the donor money coming in from all over the world? So I worked with that organization for a little while, but so I kept sort of doing kind of the same thing, but I kept moving around because I just got bored and that is not a sexy thing to say in the industry. I'll just tell you, people don't like people who can't settle, right? But I love millennials are like giving us all this freedom to to choose and to demand what we want. So I love it. Um, and then over time though, I had, took an opportunity to get my PhD, then I came back, and then I got a chance to become beyond the, but I was still in that image science side of the house. And so what I, I was invited to become the data acquisition manager uh, for the in, the engineering side of the mission. So the operational side where we actually flying spacecraft, dealing with ground stations, we had 26 international ground stations, um, 40,000 users, um, uh, calibrating the, all the physics part of it, calibrating the instrument and all of that stuff. So we did all of that, on um, the operational side of the house, and um, and I was invited to to join their team. So that's kind of how I managed to get up get up to the operational. And then I was sort of moved into this operational science officer role of, about a year after that. So that's how I ended up there.
0: Yeah, that's uh, it's actually very interesting. I, uh, <clears throat> I. I have this like when I was in 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 high school I remember being really good at geography. Mm-hmm. Like that was like one of those topics like that in biology I could just like breeze right through it. Um, oh. and but I always liked more the the scientific uh side of it. I actually even considered studying archaeology and geology mm-hmm. because I took a, a geology class in 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 college as well because I thought it would be you know interesting rocks and all that stuff I was like fascinated by all this stuff and um but on the other hand I I um I've been thinking about this and because this whole thing with the fires in in Australia and in the Amazon and you know we know how you know, from the biological standpoint, we know how the earth can you know rec- rec- recuperate from it. Like the trees will have a I'll rebirth, and it's yep. almost like if it's part of, this, of of nature's cycle for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, not at the scale that is happening, but you know, fires are part of the process. And mm-hmm. from a geographical standpoint, this is a question that's like, it's, it's a personal question. Um, from a geographical standpoint how do you see climate change um the effects of climate change on on a geographical standpoint like if you've thought of it or or not i don't think.
1: well yeah yeah i i it's a complicated
0: it's one of those questions
1: right, right it's like yeah we can really have a long conversation but essentially the you're right in a lot of ways in the sense of it's all natural cycles right i mean there's there is nothing that you and i are going to see in our lifetime that has not happened to the earth before yeah so that is not really the question the, question, the it, it becomes more complicated when human behavior that's creating climate change it's pollute creating a lot of pollution outside of greenhouse gases but also other kinds of pollution when we start creating mass extinctions as humans, the thing I worry about is, yes, there have been mass extinctions before, but what I worry about is, uh, what are we losing? How are we damaging the, the world permanently? Because when we lose animals, we lose biodiversity, we lose certain genetics, we lose all kinds of things that we don't even know yet. And so, you know, when we talk about us creating animal and plant extinctions because of our behavior, that's what worries me a little bit. The earth will, we can blow ourselves up and the earth will survive. Um, but it's, you know, it kind of gets to the, the, the well, how do we want to leave the planet? Um, how do we want to leave it for future humans? If we're human, more human-driven than sort of green-driven, you know, what do we want our, you know, our people to experience on the surface of the planet? And so, um, so that worries me is the, the extinctions a lot, uh, just because what we're losing can never get brought back. Um, and I guess the other thing is, um, you know, I think that we could do better. And, and for me, I worry about the food systems, right? So, um, right now we have people that grow a company, usually huge companies, frankly, uh, grow the bulk of the food that's c- consumed at least by the Western world. And, um, and those systems will get disrupted by these massive climate shifts that Bert. We think we're going to see, and so when we know we have tomatoes growing in California and in Florida, and we they both have droughts, there might not be any tomatoes. And maybe that's not a big deal to you and me. Maybe you don't like tomatoes, but overall, what's going to happen is it's going to make the cost of food very, very expensive, and um, that always worries me on, you know, sort of social justice issues about trying to make sure people have food and have an opportunity to eat well and and that kind of thing. So there are some kind of big systems that humans count on that will be disrupted due to climate change. And so that's the piece I think that we need to think about. Not so much whether the earth will survive, because it certainly will. It, we'd probably be better off without us in some ways, frankly. Um, but it's those, those human systems that we depend on for survival and health that I think are important.
0: When... That's very yeah, interesting.
1: Yeah, we're going from <clears> that, man. There's a huge
0: amount in there. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, well, here's the thing. I started thinking, you know, like the entrepreneurial mindset here um, got me thinking a little bit about, you know, our audience and and, and how important do you think it is for um, for entrepreneurs like me, like yourself, to to truly say, okay, fuck sustainability, okay because it's just a fluff word, at least for me it is. Um, Mm -hmm. But what real actionable measures can I implement in my business as I grow it to make Mm -hmm. sure that my actual contribution towards having a better plan and leaving a better plan for the future? I mean, I don't have children or anything like that, but I do have Mm -hmm. nephews and nieces. Sure. Well I'm like excited for them to to see them grow and like especially in this world of technology and 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 future robots and all that stuff. So like I'm excited for them to to be able to enjoy you know a lot of things and so, you know sometimes scares me. Like I mm-hmm. I remember going to this lake um, when we were younger and and then it's it's not there anymore and that frightens me. So like. Mm-hmm. You know, how important do you think it is for, for, for young entrepreneurs to to truly, like, not just because, you know, it's a, it's trending on Instagram or, or Twitter, but right. to truly say, okay, well, I have to make sure, just like we, as we talked about before, like, you know, with our mental health and all that stuff, like, how mm-hmm. do we make sure that we see those numbers? Because so you, you, you talked about, you know, those hidden losses, you know, where, right. you know, this is how much this is actually costing to your company if you're not, you know, let's say green enough.
1: Right. Well, I think, you know, the interesting thing, Jay, is that we all have a different way of seeing the world. Um, And what I mean by that is so part of what my company specializes in is understanding how like some people only want to do the things that are trending on Twitter and Instagram because they are people that love to be a part of a movement. Now I love, and, and and then we also look for people that are much more, and we call those people team driven. They want to be a part of a bigger message. And then we also have people like you, which I love. Um, you're like, I don't even care. Fuck sustainability. What the hell does that even mean? You know. So you're more self driven, which means you don't want to do the trendy thing. You want to do the thing that you think is right, whether it's trendy or not.
0: Uh-huh. Right. So,
1: um, so what we have to kind of do is be self aware, like. If I'm a person that loves that team-driven, social-driven activities, I the best way for me to do it is to join something that's happening that I feel will make a difference that I'm committed to. Maybe that's being a vegetarian. Maybe that's having a company that supports vegetarianism. Um, I'm a mediator, so uh, I have no judgment either way. But um, the you know the other things to do like my um, company where. We're partnering with a construction firm to build our own building in town. And we are it's going to be a net zero building, which means it makes more energy than it uses. It's going to be super insulated, so it minimizes the amount of uh, fossil fuels we have to use. Um, so there's ways that we can support people and support the environment in a way that's very practical, that doesn't necessarily change the way we have to have a quality of life and I think that's where the sustainability environmentalism kind of goes wrong is that you have these like people yelling about you know um, their one issue and that doesn't really appeal to everybody so what's a practice like we work one of my clients he has a he has a philosophy called practical sustainability um, because also he's like super, like super green. He's he lives off grid, but in this beautiful home, that's totally off grid. And, and so he hates that word too. He's a he, the whole greenwashing call everything sustainable thing is he thinks is total bullshit. So for him, it's like, what do you do every single day that's small, that if that's what you want to accomplish, you do it, whether it's you, if anything's closer than a mile, you walk it or bike it or, um, minimize your travel. So for me, when I, I travel all over, which is a huge, um, you know, CO2 emitter, right? Yeah. Yeah. But what I try to do is I try to group my, my clients. So if I get a client in Atlanta, um, I try to connect with other clients in Atlanta. So I don't have to, I can fly to one place and have multiple clients there instead of Atlanta, Minneapolis, Toronto, Vancouver, or what I do is I try to find a consultant there who I can work with. So I don't have to fly there as much, or I do video conferencing. And so there's a lot of ways that you can do very small things um, that will actually be a massive accumulation, a massive, massive goal. So you don't like, I never speak about sustainability or I don't really preach about it, but I, I can find ways to live that way that'll, that'll benefit. So if you're not really a you know, go rah-rah go about it, you can
0: definitely still make a huge
1: impact on the choices you make.
0: Yeah, I, for example, I one one thing like the conversation in the United States about <clears throat> rail travel, you know, you get one side that says, you know, well, you know, do we have the infrastructure? I think we do. And um, we just need to like fix it a little bit. Like, um, I I lived in the um, in the Northeast for a very long time and you know I lived in New York so having a car was you know, kind of pointless um, yeah,
1: yeah you don't want a car in New York so
0: yeah. you know but you you know I remember basically taking a flight from New York to Boston mm-hmm. that's an hour flight
1: yeah you don't even reach cruising altitude <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like and land.
0: <laughs> so I remember like the, the you know when I started taking the uh the Amtrak to, to yeah. Boston. It's a four hour right. train ride. It's nothing yeah. crazy. And like if you take the express line, it's like even faster. So well
1: and by the time you get out to one of the airports, get in line for TSA, be there an hour early and all that junk, it's just as fast, right? Yeah. I mean
0: Yeah. So it's like it's it's the same. And that's like, well, and, 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 now that I'm in, in Europe, I, you know, I get to, to use more, you know, rail travel. And of course I still fly, for example, like the other day I needed to go to meet some friends and, and, and it was a short trip and, you know, there was some potential client meetings and all that stuff happening in Zurich. So mm-hmm. that is literally the flight to Boston in, in a yeah. nutshell, like it's super, super quick um and you're in 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 Zurich basically an hour and a half or so uh flight time they mm-hmm. they tell you 2 hours but you are right, basically shorter. gate to gate you're there in um in an hour and a half so
1: but that's but part if, of the magic
0: yeah but you example, have to
1: be practical about it right yeah.
0: like, like if
1: you like, do a dream you'll never do it and then you just kind of throw the towel in so you yeah because
0: like do- for me it's like okay so if i'm going to Zurich on holiday then yeah. I'll take the eight-hour train ride mm-hmm. from, from Berlin to Zurich or right. six hours or something like that. Whatever
1: it is. But sure. if I'm
0: going you know, for you know, two days for you know, what I have yeah. to, but like I have the opportunity now to go for an event and, and, and a couple of you know business stuff in, in Prague, and Prague is four-hour uh, train ride from Berlin. Right. I'm not going to take a flight.
1: That's right. four
0: hours. And. Yeah. That I this is a train where I know that you know I got Wi-Fi and all that stuff, I can leave early and still have the day, or leave late in the afternoon and get there in the evening, and then still have my days to to work and operate. But like I was on holiday ish waiting for my visa to be approved to be in Berlin and all that stuff, Um, and I was living in in Turkey, and then I went to Romania, and that was for the holiday season. Mm -hmm. So I took a twenty-one hour train ride from from Istanbul to, to Bucharest. Cool. Instead of taking, which was more expensive than taking the flight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and the flight was two and a half hours. Yeah. Instead of like, I just went through like this craziness crossing Bulgaria and, and yeah, right. But it's so beautiful. And and then you get to experience like something that, you know, was like the norm years Mm -hmm. ago. And, and then I also took a train instead of like, um, flying from uh, from Bucharest to to Berlin, I I took a train from mm-hmm. Bucharest to Budapest, and then I flew from Budapest to 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 well, Berlin. I mean, yeah,
1: might be safer for airlines too. I mean, there's lots of things that go into the decision, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, this was this was more of a financial one because the, the, for some reason the flight from Budapest to to um, to Berlin was. 89 euros what yeah
1: yeah and say no to that holy
0: cow and then the flight from Bucharest to Berlin was 500. oh yeah and then the train ride from Bucharest to Budapest was 45 euros so right I was just like this is a Still. no-brainer
1: right slam dunk
0: yeah and uh yeah just the you know easyJet canceled my flight when I got to Budapest but that's a different story well, <laughs> ended up to like start it was i was on new year on yeah. like on, on the last day of the year on december 31st yeah. i'm like uh, imagine on december 31st you get to the airport and your flight's canceled trapped. there we is no the there's no other flight mm-hmm. and now you have to find a place to stay accommodation right on new year's on one of the most <laughs> popular cities in all of europe
1: right yeah, so
0: that's so fun. I couldn't find a hotel for less than $400 a night. Wow. I ended up like, I didn't get accommodation until like, mind it, this happened at 6, 6 a.m. in the morning on the 31st. Oh, I didn't yeah. get accommodation until almost 10 p.m. on the 31st.
1: What? That's yeah. crazy. Uh,
0: and that's because mm-hmm. like, I went through like, I don't know how many Airbnb cancellations and Right. It was, it was, it was, but I've been doing all this stuff to like, to reduce because I do travel a lot and I love it. I love to be, you know, I, I spend, you know, four months in Bali and I spend time in, um, and uh, South Africa as well. So, you know, sadly I can't take a train to Bali or a train to South Africa. Right. Um, so I have to flight. So, okay. So the, the long haul flights I'll take. And then, uh, you know, how do I reduce, you know, within Europe, I just prefer to do train ride travel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or or even buses, even, you know, but I feel like the train is better because the trains are electric and not, um, yeah, you know, the emissions from the well, bus. Well, are- yeah,
1: the, the tricky thing, too, is that I was just at an aerospace event in uh, south of San Francisco at a NASA, NASA Ames. And we're talking about vertical takeoff and landing, um, you know, sort of air taxis and yeah. electronic, like they're all electric. Because the noise would be too much if they weren't, but again, you have to worry about where is that electricity coming from? Is it being generated by fossil fuel burning? Um, in France, it's generated by nuclear power. Um, yeah. So there's all kinds of things that if you just start dig
0: a little deeper, it can get very overwhelming yeah. pretty fast. But. Yeah, and that's the thing about uh, Germany. Like I think they've they've um, their their commitment to wind is uh-huh. pretty pretty intense. And uh, I think they spent, you know, some time a couple of years ago like the entire grid was powered by wind
1: mm-hmm. for
0: a couple that's of months awesome. or days. And that's, um, and, and it, and, it continued to, you see it and, and, and everywhere around here, um, mm-hmm. I was changing, um, uh, you know, more, 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 um, a lot of share writing, um, infrastructure has been built you know, from companies, uh, with electric cars and, um, you have the um, uh, the scooters and and the electric bicycles right. and all this stuff to like make everything easier. And and Berlin is almost like a New York where you walk everywhere. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I I I don't remember the last time I've driven. So yeah, it's been yeah. a while since I've driven a car. You I've driven car. Uh, okay. scooters, well, uh, motorcycles, and stuff like right. that. Right, I love it. Um, but yeah, no, like uh, driving a car it has been a while. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just be uh, careful next yeah, time. Yeah, you of do course. It. You know, uh, it's. Uh, I was actually like considering getting my driver's license here in in, in Germany, and uh, it's it's not as easy as it is in the U.S.
1: I so. bet it's. Yeah, I bet it's pretty tough. I mean, Germans are you know not known for their like relaxed attitudes towards rules. <laughs> no, <world. laughs> but, actually, they're they're they're
0: actually very relaxed people. Like it's it's funny because like that's uh they're just very well structured. As long as you're on time.
1: As long as you're on
0: time yeah it's like if you're structured (laughs) then they're they're happy if you're organized they're happy um exactly um, but yeah i know it's um i I think it's like it can cost you like two thousand euros to get your driver's license because you still have to go through um, you still have to
1: pass the test that doesn't get you past the test
0: yeah exactly like well well, it does get you past the test because it basically the cost of it is like you have to take classes to draw. Oh, sure. So, I know, but
1: you still have to be successful at that. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, you know, they won't let you take the test unless you you approve yeah. the course, you know? So, uh, and if you don't approve the course and you have to take it again, that's more money. Oh
1: my
0: gosh. And uh, yeah. If you just if, stick to scooters. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I, uh, I've i been doing. I've been using my international driver's license. <laughs>
1: that's right. Just do it.
0: Yeah. But um. When we were talking earlier, we we I told you that I wanted to to put a little bit of focus on mental health, and mm-hmm. we kind of like you mentioned some stuff that you 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 do for the businesses uh, that you help and the companies yeah. that you work with, um, on how if you don't put that into your core spending and not spending but your core you know, requirements of, you know, how you handle your workforce and, and, and how you treat your, your workforce, um, it ends up costing you money. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to be like, yeah, like I said, you know, like dive into that a little bit more with you.
1: Sure, yeah, well, well, one thing I'll just say for a little bit of context is that kind of our whole, our whole company's focus and value proposition is all about um, helping workplaces suck less I guess is the easy. I mean, that's not our marketing slogan, but that's pretty much what, right.
0: <laughs> that's what it is. If your workplace sucks.
1: The, we uh, can yeah. Right. It. <laughs> right, Totally. And the challenge, of course, to that is, is that no leader likes to think that their place sucks. And so yeah. you have to figure out how to say we can make these things better. So, because honestly, at the end of the day, if we can make your work life better, then that makes your home life better, that makes your community life better, your faith life better, whatever pieces of your life, if you can elevate the work side of it, which is usually the most miserable, um, it really elevates everything. And so if we can change the workplace, like just by small percentage points better, then that's going to leverage all of our lives in a much better way. So we're all we don't talk about mental health specifically. um, But we all we deal a lot with problem like with um for example we I got a call last week from a potential client we've been working with them kind of in talks about coming in and having like a some professional development and they never really wanted to take it and mostly because I think they really had a culture problem and a morale problem and but they didn't want to kind of admit it so like well let's do some professional development and some L&D work and blah 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 right um And so they never did it. And then they called me about a week ago and they said, we are going to, what we call in the States is a come to Jesus meeting, which is like, it's time to like get everyone in the room and like sort this shit out. Right. So, um, she's like, we need to have this meeting where we actually hash out what is happening because there are people now ready to leave and with their executive team. So, um, and so that's the kind of environment I usually walk into is an environment where people cannot even stand to look at each other in this in the room, like really pissed about lots of things. And so what we do is we have a kind of a framework that lets you see each other in a different way, and kind of makes you aware that, you know, we're all in this together, we all want the same things. And then why are we getting in each other's way about that? And how are we kind of accidentally sabotaging each other? And um, because really without team, um, even for us independent entrepreneurs, we are nothing without our people, period. Like yeah. We cannot get things done. So our whole point is to unify, align, support our team. And, um, and for us, what we can do is we can draw a line for executives that don't really get it. I mean, a lot of us get it and that's all. And we love those clients. But There's a lot of people where we hear from the staff of, let's say, a huge organization that they're all, everyone's miserable. Everyone hates working at whatever place X. And, um, and they, then, so then we talk to this, this, the senior leadership and they're like, oh no, we don't have a problem. What are you talking about? We're, we're doing great. We're making a bunch of money. So our profitability is huge. Why do we care about, about what's going on in the morale side and the culture side? And so then what we can do is we can connect that Um, the morale and the engagement and the well-being of their people to how their bottom line. So what what the executives that really just care about the money side, um, and there are a lot of those, we can actually show them that they're losing $5 million a year because their people are on Instagram or they're coming in late or they're just hanging out talking with their friends behind closed doors. You know, they're not really engaged in the work of the company. And so we can make that connection and demonstrate that dollar loss. And we worked with a company about two weeks ago and they had over $7 million in lost uh, money because of their disengagement. And so that's really motivating. So that's for those people. Now, we prefer to work with people who get the connection between our people are really important and if we treat them well, then they're going to treat the company well. We have a philosophy called IX leadership, which stands for internal experience. And so if you focus on the internal experience of your company or in your organization, then th- that solves all kinds of other problems like customer service issues, you know, productivity issues, timeliness, all the things that, you know, everyone worries about um, can be solved by treating your people well and having them be, you know, having them have good um, experience at work every day. So.
0: Yeah, I remember once having a conversation, I'm, trying, I'm listening to you and I'm trying to, maybe that's why I can't remember because I'm listening to you, but i trying to remember the person, but we had this conversation about how mental health and, you know, when you have someone afflicted by mental health um, at the workplace, mm-hmm. you know, it literally free fall productivity. Yep. And, you know, we dive into what you were talking about, like, you know, how much money you're losing by people not being engaged. And and they're like, yeah, but, you know, we offer, you know, um, you know, mental health care through our company. And we have a very good health care plan that covers all of that so they can take their mental health days and they can. And in my head, I'm like, so you're spending money to fix something that can be fixed through I mean, I'm not saying that all mental health issues can be fixed through culture, but at least at the workplace, you Mm -hmm. can, because you can have someone that might not be, you know, that, that, the loneliness in the workplace is a big issue. And, and loneliness is a huge, huge factor in, um, in productivity. And it's a huge factor and, in, 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 in our mental health. It's yeah. like probably one of those silent killers that, that will get someone driven to the worst side of mental health possible. And if you're not addressing that, then you're losing money as well. And you know, maybe we can find your clients a couple, you know, a couple million more that they right. it might be. That's <laughs> right.
1: Well, you know, it's so interesting you say that because one of the things that we have this little assessment that we do, it's we call culture types. And we, and what we measure is your chaos tolerance okay. and your need for team, right? So we have these two sort of um, aspects that we feel are at the root cause of most people's misery at work. And no other assessment really measures it. So we came up with our own. And, um, and we can tell, like I could assess a 500 person company or a two person company. And tell you who is going to have a harder time with that loneliness side, than because um, there's a lot of people that don't mind feeling um, being out on their own, doing their own thing. They don't yeah. need that. Social well, that's like that
0: difference of like being alone and being lonely.
1: Lonely, like- right? And the other, yeah. And but you also don't want to put in a like if you have a bunch of people on your team that really don't need some kind of like feeling connected, you know, then. If you put if you, if you put that solution in thinking, well, everyone, oh, I don't want loneliness in my office, I'm gonna put this solution on top of it, then but if you have self-driven people, they don't need it in the same yeah. way. But if you have so if you can do some kind of assessment where you can say, okay, my people really need each other, need to feel like they're part of something. I need to make sure that they I have a mechanism in place that allows that. Um, like, and it can be very small, like an example. I work with a company out of Toronto, great software company. It's about 15 employees. Well, the CEO and founder, he's an independent, which means he's self-driven. He doesn't need to connect with people. He's fine doing his coding. He puts on his headphones and away he goes. Yeah. And, and, but he, all of his people kept coming into his office and saying, hey, what about this? Hey, what about this? And he's like, why are you bothering me? Go back to work. Well, and so what we found out when we did his assessment his team's assessment was that everyone besides him is team driven. And so they need to feel like they're engaged. So what was really funny, he was out sick for a couple of days. And, you know, he's one of these guys that has to be dying, you know, to be out sick. And so he was out sick for a couple of days and his people is just like Jake yeah. and his people were more productive without him there. And because they count productivity literally in lines of code written. Right. And so he was like, what am I doing that's like suppressing them, basically. And so we, and what happened was the project manager came in, Jay, or Chris was out. uh, The project manager came in and said, okay, everybody, we're all in this together. Chris is out. How are we going to get this work done? Okay, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Okay, high five. Let's go do it. And then we'll check in, you know, and they loved it. That's what they need. And that's how they thrive. And Chris is not like that way at all. He's like, just go get your work done. Like, you know what you're supposed to do, go work. And neither way is bad. But if you don't understand each other, then you can really get in each other's way and really lose good people and have really bad morale. And so now what he's done, just as a small, tiny fix, is he pairs up his team to do code review and and some of those kind of routine kind of process things that you have to do anyway. But instead of having everyone single threaded, he actually just pairs them up and then they have an opportunity to work together. They feel much more engaged, much more connected, and they work, they get a ton more work done. And it's not because they were being assholes before. They just did not feel, they weren't feeling it. and If you don't feel it, you're not going to get it done. Yeah. It doesn't mean... Yeah, you don't have to burn down everything yeah. you're doing. It means just tiny little adjustments to, to make people feel
0: more connected. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Like, I'm, I'm one of those people that I, I am very good at being by myself, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah, matter of fact, I, talking I, talking I, I always tell people, it. I was like, I hate people. Like, leave me the yeah. I don't like people. Like Get out. I mean, um, I always say that my claustrophobia or my mild claustrophobia comes from like, why am I close to people like right too, <laughs> no, many, too like, many people like I could be okay in a in a tiny room, but trap me in a tiny room with a bunch of people, right, and you'll see me lose it like <laughs> yeah.
1: but you know it's so interesting that you make that comparison because so many people equate uh um, self driven which is what we call yeah. it with. Introverts, right? Yeah. But that's not it at all. It's not about introvert, extrovert, or liking people or not. It's about how you like to work or how you like to be. Yeah, and exactly. It doesn't mean you're not super outgoing. It just means that you don't like to do the thing,
0: you know? Yeah. Like for me, it's like I, I love being by myself, but I also like feeling part of things, being a part mm-hmm. of something. So yeah. I could be a part of the team, but when I need to, I will put the headphones down and do my coding and like (laughs) leave me alone. Uh, Yeah. So like, um, and that that got me, it's funny because it's one of the things that got me thinking about, you know, the topic of loneliness a lot more. I had a conversation last season with, um, with a really great friend of mine. Um, now a great friend of mine, because like, I met her briefly knew about her in New York, uh, through a friend and and then like, it's like, oh, you got to meet Jillian and Jillian is great. And um, she, they told me about this uh, thing that she was in, in this book that she was writing called uh, Unlonely Planet. And oh, I was cool. like- That's a fun uh, name. Yeah. So I was like, I got um, to talk to Jillian about this. So, and, and cause I was thinking a lot about the loneliness thing. I was in Cape town at the time. And, and I, I was trying to figure out where I was going to go with my business and i have such a nice group of people here in berlin that i can bounce up ideas off and like get motivation and like feel like a part of like something over there i was not having that and while i was okay being you know and traveling by myself and doing things by myself that moment it got me to a point where i was like i miss my people i need to have my people around me because i feel like i'm not included and then like we have group chats and all this stuff and all of you know the information that's you know being passed around and then you're like oh i want to be there like i want to do this so like it gets you that that moment where you actually don't feel like you're a part of something and that can happen in an office space like you said if you don't oh, if you don't make a um you know a small you know adjustment well you know, and that's the what, thing.
1: yeah we had a we had a friend of mine i was just on the phone with her before our call and we do similar things. She uses some of our techniques and 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 vice versa. And so she was kind of giving me an update on a client she had yesterday. And there was a CEO who's been in the business and in very powerful roles for, and he's in like a $750 million a year company. So big company. And um, he said that he actually had tears in his eyes at the end of our her session because he said he has never felt Uh, Heard before he has felt lonely his whole career. And so it is definitely not something that's specific to small people small roles or independent uh, entrepreneurs or small companies it is and he was literally overwhelmed and that is really the piece that you know because if you can imagine Jay that like this guy who is probably a white guy who has been in these roles forever he doesn't feel he feels lonely. So he probably doesn't even occur to him to help other people not feel that way. Do you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that's his whole experience, probably. And so it doesn't even occur to them to think about how can I make this not happen? Because that's just how it has been his whole career. So yeah. it's like and I think shoot. that does,
0: that's part <laughs> of the psychological effect of the, you know, what of what loneliness does to us, because it's it's one of those things like you know you feel it. You know you have it. You can't talk about it because maybe whatever bullshit prevents you from right. it.
1: Social stuff, yeah.
0: And mm-hmm. also, you don't know how to fix it. Yeah. Because well, you don't understand it yourself at a high level. And I, 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 I am up with the mindset like I. The term CEO scares the bejesus out right. of me. Why? Okay? Just like the, the founder term makes me cringe. yeah. Because I right. think everyone's a founder. If you have to open up a business, yeah. it's what? You funded a business. So that makes you a founder.
1: Right. But honestly, <laughs> so, do, you know how, do you know how few people actually do that? I mean, it feels like for you and me, yeah. every other freaking human you run into is a founder. Right? Yeah. That's because that's the pond we live in. Yeah. I can guarantee you that there are more people who are terrified of that than who want to do that. Yeah, because we don't have the numbers. So I'm
0: so I'm, I'm I'm all for founding businesses.
1: I just don't yeah. like the word. Um, yeah. I, you're so independent. It's hilarious. Yeah,
0: to me. I because um,
1: independents don't like to be pigeonholed, so I'm they don't like, like to. Be labels they don't like to be called anything i love it yeah i don't
0: i don't i i, I you when know, people say oh you don't like labels i'm like no it's not that okay so it's
1: so like, i'm gonna yeah <laughs> no, know it is, it is that you don't like that that's what it is so i'm gonna i'm gonna promo my book here for a minute so <laughs> so i want you to get the, i will send you the i think i have an audible version or a kindle version or something since you're okay. in germany i will have my gm send this to you and I want you to read the section on independence because you will laugh your butt off.
0: I will take oh you. on. my How
1: does she you know me? I'm like, because I do. <laughs> that's, just what gonna, that's what I'm good at. That's what. But yeah,
0: what I'm like, I'm all like, you know, <laughs> I just want to be like, I, 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 I honestly, I think, uh, I'm, I'm redoing the LinkedIn page for my company, and I'm redoing all my LinkedIn, so because now, you know, we have a new name, new, new branding, new everything, and I'm like, okay, so what, what's gonna be my title? And I've been thinking about it. You know. Oh, God, you're making up your own title. What are you going to do? I am making up my own title. So I am going be? to be chief human. <laughs> okay. And and not chief human officer, so it's like C-H-O. There's it's- no officer. No. Chief human.
1: The head human in charge.
0: Like yeah. That. It's like, yeah. It's like, or just human. You know, like,
1: just Jay Flora human. CEO human. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, well, you know, the funny thing is, Jay, that, you know, this is one of the things that really I had to learn. Um, yeah. And it doesn't mean you have to conform. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give you a little piece of wisdom that I've learned. And that is, I have literally talked to people who have sold companies or IPO their companies went public for over a billion dollars. I've met a lot of people. I, I like to hang out in those circles. Um, I probably will never be that person cause I don't care that much about money, but, um, I do want a very successful multimillion dollar firm, which we're headed toward this year. And, um, but the, here's the deal is those people aren't any smarter than us, anyone listening or you and I, but yeah. they can play the game better. And so there is, there, there is a way to play the game that can leverage, your business and yeah. how fast you grow and and all of that. There's also a counterculture like what you're talking about, which is I don't want to play your game. I want to do my own game, and I'm gonna make it myself. And that is totally cool and fun. And you're gonna have a whole bunch of people that connects that to you and all that stuff. But it might be limiting in the long run if you want to actually create an impact and yeah. no, things I, are done. Right? At the
0: end of the day, I know I'm gonna be either. You know, the CEO of my company. Oh, I am the CEO of my company. as it this is shows right. on the uh, legal paperwork. Um, right. Exactly. I am the CEO of the company, and I also am the founder of the company. And um,
1: but there is, I mean, there is a way to be disruptive, and that yeah. might be really work for you.
0: Yeah, I but might just use me, it for LinkedIn for what I think. Yeah,
1: right, because right, that's that environment, right? Yeah. Well, and for me, it's I work in big corporate. Yeah. So I work with people who do the things the way they've always been done, and that is how it is, right? Yeah. So for me, I can't as much as I like kind of curl my nose at a lot of that stuff, I need to position myself to be attractive to those people. Now, it doesn't matter. Maybe your audience isn't those people, and then you get to do something else. But I just want to throw it out there that a lot of our independent urges yeah. might actually work against. So I'm just gonna give you that little that's nugget.
0: no that I appreciate you to doing that because like it <laughs> helps me and it helps the um uh, it helps our audience as well. Let me ask you another question in that yeah. in that same kind of like space. Um yeah. Hierarchies. Yes. So you work with corporates. I do. Very hierarchy hierarchical, yes. Yes. What they are, right? Right.
1: Or and then or and then you
0: go into work with a startup, a small company like yep. the Toronto company, fifteen people. It's yes. not a yep. corporate. That's a small company. Yep. Uh, that might not have this hierarchical. Um, yeah, they don't. Yep. It's very how flat. Do you, how do you? How do you? So how do you? You know, because sometimes I'm not, I'm, and I'm not going to bash on hierarchies. Know, no, know okay. uh, at a high level but i know that there are times in your company with that has to be understood that yeah well we don't want to focus on a higher keeping well we know who does everything and like everyone knows you know that everyone plays a role within a team we're a 53 men right. team or women 53 men and women team of football uh, and a coach you know right um and um we gotta you know we gotta Understand that everyone has their responsibilities, not because there's a hierarchy, but because there's right. responsibilities. This is defined. Um, yeah. How do you, like, when building culture and like creating, like, you know, fixing morale? Yeah. How do you like attack it to the corporate level, and how do you attack it to the? Uh...
1: Right. Well, it's it is it, it is different because. Um, people are, different people are drawn to different environments. So yeah. let's think about uh, NASA. Although NASA is still pretty sexy in the sense of it's outer space stuff, but NASA is huge bureaucracy. Everything takes a long time. You're like, they are literally building budgets for like 2023 right now to get approved by Congress and blah, blah, blah. It like literally takes for freaking ever, right? And then they have to contract with people private industry to help build stuff and it just takes forever. And but and then you have SpaceX on the other side, right? They're launching cars into outer space and they're doing all they have their things are called their things called dragon, right? Or whatever. It's all yeah. sexy. So you have on one end this very, very risk-averse, very stable, but highly successful organization in all the ways. And then you have SpaceX, who is so far in the red that you don't even know if they're going to be a company in 10 years but they're doing sexy and fun things. So you can imagine that if you're an aerospace engineer and you're sitting trying to decide what company you want to work with, different people will be attracted to the NASA yeah. than to the SpaceX, yeah. right? So when we work with startups, i.e. SpaceX, um, people are tend to be much more chaotic, much more okay with Un uh, unspecified roles and responsibilities. They're much more pivotable. They're much more adaptable, and so that's why flat organizations work for startups because they're attracting people that are much more nimble, much more willing to change, much more willing to pivot. So they are attracting those kind of people. Like my um, my Toronto client, everybody but one was chaos. What we call chaos tolerant. Okay. If you look at NASA almost everyone there is going to be um, order tolerant. They are going to be very bureaucratic, very routine, very everyday, very, this is the way we've always done it. Why are you changing things? That's That's who's attracted to NASA, right? So if I'm called by SpaceX or called by NASA, it's a very different kinds of solutions. So it's mostly because the kinds of humans that are in those organizations are very different usually. So that's why it's, knowing this stuff about people is so critical to morale and culture uh, change.
0: I would to kind of end up uh, playing this kind of little game, this entrepreneurial game that's forming in my mind.
1: Ooh,
0: change is so important in business. Adaptability to change yep. is key in business. Yep. How come the people at NASA are so like... No, not change. Why are we going to change it? What um, and how do you know uh, what what would be the result if someone like say Elon Musk came into NASA and disrupted the leadership completely? Uh, He would be crushed. Literally, he would be crushed. Yeah. Is that because of the Is is that because of the uh, entity that NASA is, or is that because the government? It's because it's because of the humans that are there.
1: So what happens is if Elon was thrown into the middle of NASA, right? what would happen is he would be like pushing for change and all this crazy shit and everyone else would just be like, no, you cannot force people to work for you. So you have to be able to connect with who they are, what they value and how they like to work and create an environment that allows them to thrive. Elon sucks at this. In fact, if you, even in his own companies, if you look at like any kind of write-up about how his companies are successful, almost always there's a vice president of blah, blah, operations or something that has to translate Elon crazy into something that other humans can adapt and take on and do. It's one of the challenges of Tesla because I actually know some people that work in, worked in the gigabit, gigabyte, giga factory um, for Tesla. And what, they want, what Elon wants to do is be this crazy whiteboarding, mm-hmm. everyone's adaptable kind of person. But in a manufacturing environment, you have to have people that are orderly, that do the same thing every day at the same way to get the quality you need, to get it out on time, to get it done well and on, and on track. And so Elon's style is in diametric opposition to a manufacturing environment. And so this is why it's so important for us in the environmental or entrepreneurial environment to recognize that those people are just as critical to our success, those order-tolerant people, as it is for us to be able to be adaptable. If we all have adaptable squirrels running around chasing the next shiny object, right, who's going to be back in the office getting the shit done? Nobody. Uh,
0: I I actually thought at some point, I was like, would I work well with Elon Musk? Yeah. And probably not because the two of us would just be crazy.
1: You'd be crazy in different ways, right? You'd be swirling away in totally different directions. Yeah, no, like,
0: because I will feed off immediately of his brilliance and ideas, you know, mm-hmm. and be like, I. People tell me, like, when I hear someone says that they can't do something, mm-hmm. I immediately just like switch into, like, shut up. Yes, you can. You yeah. know, I'm going to Obama you and say, yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, don't, <laughs> right. don't, don't come at me telling me that you can't do something. Like, you, yes, you right. can do it. You, you absolutely 100% can. Like, nothing is impossible. Right. Um, I, I tell this story all the time to people because my dad taught me that since I was five. Driving me to school, saying to me, the universe belongs to you. Do good by others, no matter who. And, not, and nothing is impossible. Yep. I got those like, three really things my like dad, dad since dad. school since I was five years old yeah all the way till I finished high school and when he dropped me off at college at Morehead State in Kentucky like right every day every morning that was his like for him and my brother like I mean from for me and my brother that was like his way of you know influencing us in, in a very big way and for me like I mean I have it on my phone I, I leave it and, and I, I reach it all the time because, so I, you know, with that mindset, if you put me with someone like Elon Musk, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go into a positivity overload. <laughs> well, <laughs> lose, comple- lose complete balance of myself and be like, you know, like, cause I also know that everything in excess is bad. Right. So that's, and that's the challenge, right? It's, yeah.
1: you have to, we, we, as as humans, we we have to we depend desperately on people that we love, people like us that can jack us up and and build us and excite us and and that's really that's really awesome. But in reality, we must have people that are not like us to yeah. have a successful yeah. company. Now, yeah. individually, totally, but to build a successful business, you need both. And but the trap is is no one has ever taught us. How to connect and communicate and work with those people yeah. and not i don't mean those people like them i mean people opposite of us yeah and, and that's they're the same, they have no idea how to work with us they're like what are you doing we decided this yesterday why are we changing what are you doing you know no. like they have no idea so this is the gift we're giving to the world is how you work with people not like you in order to both be better happier be
0: human like um ellie who you know contacted you for the podcast she's actually um the co-founder now of my company beyond and one of the reasons why i wanted her to be you know such an integral part of my business is she's that balance Mm -hmm. i am ready to go I, i will change and and you know do things without even thinking of like, you know, like the oh, whole organizational is, okay. style of things. I just right. get right. things done somehow, you know? And then like, I'll have three things multitasking at the same time. And then she keeps me organized. Right. <laughs> so I kind of like, I, I, I've given her like all the responsibility of keeping everything that's company related, organized, I podcast, like the, without her, just would, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Right, uh, exactly, right? Of, it was her. Yeah.
1: But so here's the trap. Uh, over time, um, you will continue to be you and she will continue to be her. And we both need both of those things. But over time, you will start to really drive each other crazy unless you consciously are aware that this is going on. So because what will happen is she's going to do a bunch of work and you'll go change your mind or change direction. And that will that will um, devalue everything that she's yeah. done. Yeah, no, and, and, so, and, and,
0: and it's just and like the
1: other way too. the other way our, too. It's our understanding
0: that that's why we are working together, Uh, because we both bring that. You know, she feeds off my because she's also like very driven person, and getting things done is super important to her.
1: And you know, in in that
0: in that area, we both are the same. Getting things done are you know critical, and and moving forward and innovating and creating, you know, you know, making sure that people are happy, not Mm -hmm. just. with the results of the work but just right. overall communication within our team has to be all about happiness and you know we both keep and and in right. that sense but then she's yeah. like that that organizational ruler like she's like I'm all like and she'll be like no 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 this this, this. yes you know and, she'll keep things
1: and right now you value that a lot and she values you a lot but over yeah. time, you'll start, you'll do things on once in a while yeah. that yeah. will, she'll, you'll feel like she's suppressing your need to be creative and she'll like you dismiss her need to be organized that's and what that it, will, that can become yeah. a real
0: problem. Yeah. And we, like, we kind of make it, uh, you know, with, right now we're kind of like, both aware of those things. So yeah. understanding keep our remembering. roles, Just keep like, remembering. Uh, like I told her, like um, I eventually just you know want to make sure that your you know operations for the business you you'll mm-hmm. you'll run that and um, she's also very creative as well so and sure, and, yeah, and sure our cre- and our creativity is very similar the way that we love mm-hmm. to create things and, and, and our taste and 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 all that stuff we kind of like mesh together like yeah, and, cool. but in the in the side of like saying okay well, how are we gonna run the overall operation of the business. I mm-hmm. want to make sure that I feel enough, comfortable enough to trust her. And that's where I, that was like my whole thing because, like, I, I know that operationally speaking, I'm not as good. And right. I am very well aware yeah, of it's... like my short comments. So I'm like, and I've always been like that person. Like, I want to learn from other people's mistakes because if I can avoid making the mistake, I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. There's a time also when I say, okay, well, I know it's the mistake, but I'm gonna make it because I feel like I need to. And uh, so, yeah, so we've always like discussed this because she also had this, she's very smart, very intelligent. So she's always like, she's like, well, you know, I don't want to step on your toes and I don't want you to step on mine. So we want to make sure that we have an understanding. And uh, she's going to organize how you relate to each other. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, no, exactly. Because like, for me, it's like, I don't know. Like at first she was like, oh, do you think this is good? I'm like, this is your expertise. Just go do, do it. it but like, just let me know that it's like done. send me a manual, like so I can so I know. Like <laughs> I don't want to because if I start putting in my thoughts and my ideas, then it's like yeah, that's messes, where that's messes. when you start clashing. And sure. I'm like, no, I don't want any so, of that.
1: So I'll have my GM send Ellie the book, and then you guys can figure out. Yeah, if yeah, can, definitely. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I think I'm gonna start. uh, um, like a FedEx or DHL account so that I can have, like, because everyone's like, oh, I'm going to send you the book. I'm like, oh, how do I send them?
1: Uh We'll just, uh, we'll send you the audio. <laughs> would you rather have an audio book
0: or a Kindle version? Like a Kindle version would be better. <laughs> I, um, uh, that way you can I, see the graph. There's a lot of graphics that is easier yeah, on a Kindle. I type. have, uh, I kind of have, like, a Lifetime Audible subscription. Okay. I'm not going to say why, but, <laughs> um... I don't use it because okay. uh, audio I, I, I love listening to podcasts, but I can't listen to a book. Okay, being narrated, and uh, for some reason, it's weird.
1: Well, a um, lot of a lot of books are boring, so that's yeah.
0: why. Yeah. So I prefer um, either you know I prefer reading, them and yeah, Kindle. I, I was a purist and at first like Kindles, but with the traveling. Oh yes, yeah.
1: But uh, we can, you know, we've ordered uh books through Amazon from Amazon.de. So we can just send you something from Amazon over there. So I'll I'll have I'll have Shelly on it. She'll figure it
0: out. Okay. Awesome.
1: i may figure it out as you go, like Jay is, and she's a let's get this figured out person.
0: Exactly. Like, you see, you have to have those people in the uh in the organization because if not you No, know,
1: but we also butt heads a lot. Not not a lot, but like, you know, it's like I'm doing this thing and then she wants to organize something I'm like I'm like in the middle of this thing like don't <laughs> you know so we it, it is tough it is a tough but yeah. it's great I mean I, need today, it. I,
0: I love that I you know if if I have if I, if I don't have someone challenging me constantly or yeah. something that's like you know pushing me to like and then I then I become like stagnant and like routine. Like,
1: in six months I want you to email me and tell me how it's going
0: oh absolutely yeah we should be at uh we should be by that time we should be if close if like, is
1: still putting up with you so that's what i want oh
0: yeah I, I told her i'm like i'm not she's like <laughs> i'm I'm in it i'm in for it and i'm like uh, we're actually we're, we're actually in six months we're probably going to be uh returning from our our trip to cape town so we're spending two oh, months honey. in cape town um Perfect. randomly we didn't really plan to like travel together but um it just worked out and uh yeah so we're gonna be the two of us are gonna be in Cape Town for two months and awesome. it's gonna be interesting that's my uh that's my winter home okay I go I go there in their winter or summer here because I uh-huh. I'm, I'm the heat person I'm a winter you don't person. like the heat yeah I I, 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 I run it. hot already as it is and it, when summer like I remember living in Miami and having to wear a suit Miami is miserably hot. Yeah. I will give you that. Yeah. And then New York as That's well is humid hot. and disgusting. Like in New York, we- showing up at we- a meeting in New York sweating is like, it's like actually etiquette. Yeah. <laughs> it's like That's a it etiquette. It's like, it's like, well, you're
1: walking everywhere. So yeah, exactly.
0: And it's like, it's like 90 degrees outside and it's humid and you're in the subway and like, yeah. and then you're it like rains. the
1: only person I know that goes to winter places. It's like yeah. everyone else I know is like switching summers. Well, the things sure. I, 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 you know, San
0: Francisco weather. Oh, yeah. That's my kind of weather.
1: Yeah. Cold. Cape Town is kind of like mm-hmm.
0: that towards the winter. Like like uh, June, July, that's the kind of weather they get there. It's not yeah. fully cold. It's, right, it's like, like, like you know, yeah, 50s cooler. and 60s, 70s sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: it's uh, it's a good time to be there. So to me, it's like, yeah this is perfect they put right. me and in a place you don't have
1: to deal with the tourists because no one comes and- yeah exactly
0: and like you get to experience cause Cape Town is such a beautiful place like mm-hmm. honestly if you haven't been add it to your list you have to travel uh there this is one yeah, of the most-
1: I've been to like seven countries in Africa but never South Africa so uh gotta- Cape Town is
0: honestly the most beautiful place I've ever been in my life awesome okay well I'll put that on the list for sure it's uh it's- I don't know. It just has uh I don't know. It, it took my heart the moment I landed there. Like I looked at it and I was like, whoa.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what um where I live, the Black Hills, there's a real energy to the place. And yeah. Most people come here want to come back or yeah. wanna stay.
0: So yeah, like like I remember um I always some people um, you know, Montana, South Dakota, um mm-hmm. and the, the northern uh, side of California, north of San Francisco, oh, yeah, and to the yeah. to the to the east of it. Yeah, those are the the most beautiful areas in all of the U.S.
1: Yeah, and with, and it's hard to compare. Yeah. I mean, I remember I went to New Zealand a few years ago, and everyone's like, "Oh, New Zealand, it's so amazing," and and it was beautiful, but not at, I didn't think it was as beautiful as some of the parts of the U.S. that you just described. So it's like you know Americans don't travel that much so it's like they go to one place and that's like the prettiest place I've ever
0: seen. well I think this has been one of the uh the most interesting conversations I've had in season two oh, so thanks. far and I talked to a neo-nazi uh <laughs> and then former white supremacist um the reason why I because we don't have
1: any of that dark shit right yeah we
0: cover a lot of the uh we covered a lot of business stuff which I uh, I've been wanting to do for the season and uh, I've been working with a lot of people and talking to a lot of people on education side of things and, um, um, and, and the mental health side of things and in the social media side of things. And, uh, you know, to have this like very business driven conversation has been amazing. I want to thank you for being on the show and, uh, yeah, like, uh, maybe we can make it happen again at some point. Uh, I know uh-huh. that I sent an email also to, um, Meg. Your, yeah.
1: Oh man, I can't wait till you talk to Meg. She's going to my co-founder. Yes. Um, and now she's my COO and head of training. She, I love working with executive teams that are really like just broken and that makes everything else broken and all that. She loves working with frontline supervisor, young, new leadership to help them avoid some of the traps, kind of like what you were saying, like yeah. if I can avoid some stuff. So she loves working with teams that are young and just figuring things out and um and what they can avoid and and actually start them off on a better foot so we kind of work on both ends of the spectrum a lot and uh and she's a who you will really like her so um she will and so are your listeners we're we're very different but we it's sort of like you and ellie we're very different in a lot of ways but she's very like how we align on getting shit done changing the world like we're really like we work our asses off. Like all of those things are very much in alignment, and the fact that we get along as well as we do is sometimes like amazing. But we work really hard at it too, so we kind of practice what we preach, I guess.
0: So yeah, well, she's great. Uh, you know, the 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 feminist in me is all excited because well, I love when when women you know who <laughs> I, I always say people are like women should be running the world and not us.
1: Oh yeah, that is. I mean, look what's look around. We definitely need some women in
0: positions yeah. of authority. Yeah, that is. So, All right. So, thank you for being on the show. This has been Thanks, amazing. Thanks, Jay.
1: great.